Oh, we're starting. Hey, everyone. It's Weird World, your favorite podcast. We hope. We assume. Probably should assume. That's quite an assumption there, Dean. It is. I'm Dean. I'm Aaron. I'm Carrie. Today, Carrie is going to bring us something, a little hidden history, U.S. history anyway, that is not just weird, but also mm, alarming and sad and <laughs> okay okay am, right. I, am i underselling it it's it's gonna piss you off how's that everyone's be pissed off nice but it actually has some pretty interesting historical things <laughs> all right <laughs> it's my noun we'll let you be the judge of that first i'm gonna tell you a little story which is not really oh. in keeping with your description because it's kind of heartwarming oh. i thought it's just not have anything to do with the topic. So, you know, if I can Aesop fables, I can tell the <laughs> turtle on the no. hair. No. So this is a story of two little boys named Stanley and Victor Cornell from Elmira, New York. And this was, let's say, 1924. It's, it is 1924. It sounds like you're making it up. <laughs> right. Well, I knew the year, but I couldn't find it in my notes. It was 1924. Little Stanley was four years old. Vic was two. And they had a baby sister named Eloise, who was a baby. Their mom died. Oh. Okay, so so far, pretty heartwarming. This Go. part's sad. Her mm. name was Lottie, which I really like that name, Lottie. Yeah. Okay. I think we should bring it back. Aaron, mm-hmm. your name is now Lottie. All oh, right, <laughs> let's go. We have that right. She died of TB. Oh. Yeah, which ha- would, could happen in 1924. <laughs> okay. Their dad, Floyd, was a World War I vet. It's a great early... 20th century American white people names. Mm-hmm. Floyd and Lottie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Stan and Vic, too. And Eloise. Eloise. Um, so Floyd was a World War I vet, and he had health problems because of his exposure to mustard gas. Ooh, yeah. Yep. That'll do it. Yep. So their mom died, and poor Floyd was struggling to take care of his small children, and he, he was having a hard time working because of his health issues. This is when you go to the liquor store for a pack of cigarettes, I'm pretty sure, right? Two-year-old and the baby? <sighs> Carrie, yeah. 1920s, man. Oh, You're know. on your own. Well. You had to be self-sufficient at a very young age. They, I mean, they can get jobs at coal mines. Floyd yeah. had struggles, but he wasn't that bad of a dad. Okay. This was Elmira, New York. Probably not a whole lot of coal mines. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So Stan, the four-year-old, remembered a big car looking kind of like a limousine driving up to their house one day. Two nicely dressed ladies got out of the big car and came in and talked to his dad. And then they came and talked to the kids, asked the kids if they were happy. Floyd, or not Floyd, Stan said they told her no because they they weren't really all that happy. (laughs) I mean, duh, their mom died. Yeah, that's true. So, Stan and Lil Stan and Vic were sent to an orphanage run by the New York Children's Aid Society. Their sister, because she was a cute little baby girl, was taken in by an aunt. And after six months at the orphanage... I can feed one child. Three... Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a lot of cabbage. Well, and little boys, too. They're four years old? Really? Born, too. They were probably cute, too. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Too much. They'll be obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. They'll get girls pregnant. Then what would he do? I don't know why the aunt didn't take the boys too. But She's terrible. She only took little Eloise. So the boys got sent to six different families in one year. Shit. Okay, so maybe they were awful. They must I have take been that back. a little bit aunt. rambunctious because yeah. they kept getting sent back. For some reason, Stan didn't know <laughs> why they kept getting sent back. Okay, well, he, he, isn't Stan two? No, he's the four-year-old. Oh, he's four. So oh, he has right. clear uh, memories of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, in December of 1926, after being at the orphanage for a while, they got put on a train Ooh. and sent to Looty, Texas. I just for like a vacation? <laughs> yeah. It's no. nice of someone to fund a vacation. It was like Make-A-Wish. Field trip. Was there any kind of a theme park in Looty, Texas? I or? don't think they won anything. Oh, shoot. These um, days, it'd just be Vic Floyd would just put them on a crowdsourcing, crowdfunding site, ooh, yeah. and he would have been rich. Yeah. Well, back in Looty, Texas, a farmer by the name of J.L. Deeger just bought himself a Model T car. Ooh. He needed window flaps <laughs> for that Model T. Oh. Okay. So he was driving into town, into Ludi, 
with a farmer neighbor of his. When they got there, they noticed a whole bunch of orphans all lined up in a row. And the farmer neighbor told good old JL he should go get himself a boy since he had two daughters and always wanted a boy. Oh, my God. Okay, A, sounds kind of slave auction-y. Yeah. B, yeah. Uh, I'll take, uh, let me see, I'll take some wheat, I need some sorghum, I need some window flaps, and I'll take a couple kids. Okay, put on my count. Jesus Christ. So, JL thought this was a great idea. Oh my God. That was a, wow. He went I mean, over. Let's give it a half hour of thought. He went over. That's what his wife. I mean, he came to town looking for window flaps for his car. I mean, got two kids. I'd say that's a bargain. He ends up taking Stan and Vic home. Jesus. Now his wife. Unless he's an right. opportunistic pedophile. He, uh, his wife. I guess that's a good ending. One. Yeah, well, his wife back at the farm thought that her husband was going to get window flaps, but also thought he might be... Uh, Fixing to surprise her by bringing home a singer sewing machine fixing too. to surprise her. Is this going to end with a, and he forgot the window flaps. And that's really the story. Mm-hmm. So when JL got home back to the farm, he went into the house and told his wife and two daughters who were 10 and 13 at the time to go get the stuff that he got in town out of the car because he was getting groceries and stuff like that too. Yeah. So the girls go out to the car and they, you know, go to the back seat to get stuff out. And they know there's a blanket back there and they notice something moving under the blanket. So, of course, freaks them out. It's Texas. So he shoots (laughs) it immediately. I'll see. It's probably a raccoon. They got scared and started screaming. And then they moved the blanket and saw two little boys under there eating candy. (laughs) (laughs) Took two little boys and gave them candy in his car. Yeah. That's so weird. The wife's all pissed off. They better be able to sew. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. The two little boys were super excited and very happy. Hmm. And they were cute. So the two little girls, you know, grabbed them and carried them into the house all excited. How old were the girls? 10 and 13. Okay. So uh, remembering this heartwarming story, mm-hmm. Stan, you know, as an old man, he said, boy, they gave us a good home. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So Stan and Vic live happily ever cry. after? Yeah. <laughs> Stan oh. and Vic had a wonderful life. That is still there. how easy it is to adopt to <laughs> the Deegar farm. And it always mm. ends well. <laughs> you just go into town mm. and see some kids lined up. Back then, we knew how to do things right in America. Mm-hmm. Like, sell kids for money. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, they got put on an orphan train. Have you guys ever heard of an orphan train? No. I'm going to pretend I have not. <laughs> but when's the next one coming to town? <laughs> you want yourself an orphan? <laughs> Get yourself some free labor. You need an orphan to wind your yarn for you? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> they can come in handy. I already got two of them. I need another one. <laughs> Aaron's sitting here and crocheting. Uh-huh. Can you, you can teach an orphan crochet and you don't have to do yeah, anything. That's what well, that's such a heartwarming story. It is a heartwarming story. About orphan trains. So tell us about orphan yeah. trains. Don't, don't they sound like a wonderful invention? They, they always worked out great. Shouldn't we still have them to this day? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about the history of orphan trains. Okay. In New York City, of course, in the 1850s, things weren't going so well for little orphans. <laughs> yeah. There were there were about five hundred thousand. The population of New York City was about five hundred thousand people. When was this? Eighteen fifties. Fifties. Early eighteen fifties. Guess how many of those people were orphans, little kids just mm, roaming around. I'm gonna say uh, one hundred thousand orphans and four hundred thousand Irish gang members. <laughs> yes. If my if I know my Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Um, Thirty thousand orphans. Well, Jesus. maybe not orphans, but small children roaming the streets. Shit, alone. There's a lot. Yes, I'm Probably picturing too many. Dickens London <laughs> scenes oh, right. of little bands of pickpockets. Are they dancing in a choreographed way? And Probably <laughs> because Sing they did sell newspapers on corners. And they would also form little gangs for protection. Fuck yeah. Sure, sure. Because little gangs of yeah. look hard as fuck. We're talking little, little children, some of them. They would get <laughs> run over. They'd commit petty crimes, yeah. a.k.a. Dickensian uh, pickpocket gangs. Can you imagine the kids I work with, like, roaming in the streets, <laughs> like, picking markets. Hey, mister. Uh, look over there. <laughs> It'd be fucking funny. 
Um, they would shine shoes, sell matches, rags, newspapers, and unfortunately, sometimes little girls. Yeah, and boys. Yeah, probably. No, no, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> would become sex workers. Mm-hmm. They were called street Arabs. Yes. What? Nice. Sounds racist. I know that from my Sherlock Holmes. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, in uh, why everything gonna be a little bit racist? Uh, well, no, Arab more like yeah. nomadic nomads. Yeah, you know, that was the idea. Like gangs of little, kids, little yeah. roving street yes. Arabs running around picking oh pockets, God. singing songs, dancing on roofs, and Woo. occasionally prostituting themselves. Well, um, why do you think they had such a problem with orphans in the city in uh, those days? God, I didn't know it was a quiz. I'm gonna <laughs> go with. I'm gonna go with disease. Uh, murder, bad economic times. People yeah. would just take off and mm-hmm. say, you know what? Kids are a, a problem. Well, I don't know about that part. Lack of Partially, social services. Well, yes, of course. Immigrants coming in. Lots of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Industrial. Well, immigrants. Good, good job, Carrie. Wow, Carrie. We go wall, straight Carrie. to that. MAGA. <laughs> well. Damn, Carrie. Industrial revolution. A lot of people losing their jobs to machines. Civil war. Yeah. Dad's. Uh, you know, died leaving war widows with children they couldn't afford to take care of. So they put them on the streets. There were all, was also, lose your way home. <laughs> they, <laughs> there was also a series of financial panics and depressions in the late 19th century uh, that caused a, and and like you said, disease. Some kids were orphaned when their parents died in um, epidemics of typhoid, yellow fever, or the flu. That would suck. Mm-hmm. And so. A lot of them were orphans because their parents died or whatever, but some of them, they weren't necessarily orphans, but their parents... Just abandoned. One or two parents could not afford to take care yeah. of them. I mean, I guess also that the alternative, I guess, orphanages, to the extent there were orphanages, they were not fun places to be. So they No, and there actually, on the street. there weren't a whole lot of orphanages, mm-hmm. which is weird because yeah. you kind of had the, the idea that there were... But but there actually weren't. Yeah, so, where I mean, weren't most orphanages private, charitable? Yes. So just yeah. some rich person, or or they took a subscription and got enough money to to open one. Otherwise, yeah, it wasn't a, a state thing. I don't think. No. And kids, they would get arrested for vagrancy and petty theft, and the police would put kids as young as five in jails with adults. Jesus. Jesus. H. Yeah. Not good. So a young Methodist wow. minister came to town. Woo! He was from a good Connecticut family, a prominent Connecticut family. His name was Charles Loring Brace. That's a very Connecticut. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I like that. He goes Chuck to... Chuck Brass. <laughs> I doubt he would himself. buy Chuck. He came to New York to complete his seminary training. And he the holy was, city of New York. Yes. <laughs> he was absolutely horrified by the bands of little... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Orphans roaming around the city. That's like, what's his face? The guy, um, oh, Jesus. Steven, the guy who wrote The Red Batch of Courage. Steven, shit. I can't think of what you're talking about. Well, I know The Red Badge of, Badge of Courage, but yeah. I don't know who Well, he, he uh, came to New York. He's from the South, and he came, uh, not wherever he was from, he wasn't from New York City, and he came to New York City, and on his one of his first walks to the city, he was propositioned by a young male prostitute, and he oh, had goodness. no idea this was a thing. And so his next novel was written about... Really? Yeah. And his wife was so aghast that she burned it because he died young and so it was never published. Oh, I was going to say. I never heard of that novel. No, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Thanks for that, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Forget why that uh, brought that up. What what were you talking about? He came to New York and he was horrified by the orphans. See? Similar thing. (laughs) Similar kind of a situation there. Well, so... uh, Young Minister Brace founded the Children's Aid Society. Can we just call him Chuck? I'm going to call him Brace. Okay. I'm going to go by last name. Chucky Brace. Mm-hmm. Chuck Brace. This was in 1851. He was devoted to saving, quote, vagrant children. And they he made uh, trade schools, like you know, like to train them, lodging houses for homeless children, and... Also um, provide for their education. Mm. So he wanted to tackle truancy Ooh. and illiteracy as well. So they also would offer religious guidance. Certainly. certainly. <laughs> of course. Duh. Obviously. 
and you know, as the and you know, some of the kids were older, so they would also try to um, get them jobs and stuff like that to help them become self sufficient. Ironically, as prostitutes, mm-hmm. but no, Dean. They had the first runaway shelter for runaway kids, and they had something called the Newsboys Lodging House for <laughs> Newsboys. And I think uh, those those Newsboys had a job; they had to pay, but it yeah. was very inexpensive lodging and board. And basic education. So Some became actors and models. Mm-hmm. Well, you said runaway. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so Brace then realized that it wasn't such a great idea, you know, because even though the Children's Aid Society was, I'm assuming, benevolent and he had good intentions, it was still an institution. And, you, you know, he's, you still had little kids living in an institution versus you know, living in a, a loving home with parents and a family. So, and he thought that would be much better for kids. And then he thought there must be a shortage of farm workers out mm. West. Oh he just God. jumped right to that. <laughs> we could put kids in homes like foster. Wait, no, I know what to do. Well, foster farm homes workers. didn't exist. He could have thought oh. about it first, Karen. Well, yeah. could have invented it. Gosh. He kind of did. He kind of did. Because but he thought, why don't we send... He reinvented indentured servitude. Yeah, it's not quite the same. <laughs> why don't we send these kids out west? Farmers need help on their farms. Sure, sure. And, you know, basically we kill two birds with one stone. Solve two problems in I one know. fell swoop. Lit. Clean up the streets of New York. And create cheap farm labor for farms in the west. Put homes and farms with free labor. Damn. He called it... Emigration as a cure for pauperism. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, how else are you going to do this other than kidnapping and murder? Oh, got it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, obviously, this is going to cost money. Yeah. So, he got wealthy New York families to donate money. Uh, John Jacob Astor's wife was big on the whole orphan train thing. I think she funded over uh, the money for over a thousand kids to get put on trains. And she just wanted them out from (laughs) under her foot when she was hanging out in fifth Avenue shopping at early Macy's. I don't know where. Yeah. Early Saks. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know the big stores in 19th century New York. Sears. Sears. No, probably not. She would never be caught dead in a Sears. Mm hmm. Brace were also worked with the train companies. Oh, now we see what's going on. What? The conspiracy, the train companies needed some pain passengers. They did this whole ruse about putting kids in orphanages and farms. And oh, Yeah, I see. This is big train. This is big train <laughs> is driving this whole thing. Well, they did Got it. offer it. discounts well, for, yeah. for the orphans and their companions to be sent to the Midwest. Although uh, Brace refused to send kids to any southern states because he was an ardent abolitionist. Hell yeah. yeah. Sorry, you don't get any free labor. You already have it. Yep. This is it's still slavery, right? This is, you said 1851, or are we later after the Civil War now? Well, the, tra- the, like the first train went in 1854. Okay, so yeah. Yep. He was like, oh, no. You're going to get your free labor. Yeah, and it's abhorrent. My free labor is actually a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Morally superior. So they sent anywhere from ten to fourteen children on each train. Kids from I've read different things on the kids' ages from two to fourteen years old, but there was also a period where um, I think it was not the Children's Aid Society, but another. Oh, oh the New York Family Home would send babies oh, on shit. trains. Theirs were called baby trains. Baby <laughs> trains. Here's the thing. So just 10 to 14, I always had this image of like, you know, four carloads. Of, I know. Of kids. 10 to 45. 10 to 45 kids. still. Yeah. I think like 300, all, you know. a whole train load no. of kids, faces at the windows, the waving goodbye to the well, reverend on the way out of the station, that kind of thing. There are pictures like that of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, one car, you know, all... Kids in each window. Can we just go back and do it over and say three to four hundred per per train, just to pop it up a little no, bit? No, okay. we can't. Um, Thousands of children swarming for the trains into the wide open <laughs> plains of Nebraska. So, like the ones with babies were called baby trains, or I like uh, baby trains. You the should... euphemism of mercy trains. Mercy trains, not like baby trains. So, be a good uh, name for a rapper. 
Baby trains. Baby trains. Baby trains. Yeah. The Z. Obviously. The baby trains. The baby trains. Yep. The Children's Aid Society referred to uh, this at the you know the division of the Children's Aid Society that was organizing the trains and co- doing all the coordination and stuff called it the Emigration Department. <laughs> and then they called it the Home Finding Department. And then finally, they called it the Department of Foster Care. They worked on their marketing, and I think Mm -hmm. they made improvements. Mm -hmm. So it is where the term foster care eventually will come from. The Foundling Hospital in New York City, they would literally put notices in Midwest newspapers where they were going to send the, the kids on the trains to. And people in Midwest cities could actually write to them and basically order a child. Oh, my God. They got one, a blonde one? Yep. Shit. The example in an article I read said, I want a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, seven-year-old boy with a sweet disposition. They're dying hair, (laughs) manically dying hair. And then they would literally find a child in the foundling home or the Children's Aid Society or whatever that would fit that order and put that kid on a train. So if you were like a little blonde-haired, blue or green-eyed kid, you're just, you're you're, you're, you're getting swept up. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of bidding war, possibly. Yeah, shit. I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe. Well, no, because they didn't have to pay. It was free. <sighs> yeah, but like, okay, so like, you know what? I'll wait for one. I don't want, what, brown hair? Now, nah, you know, I'll mm-hmm. wait. Put me on the list. Put me on the waiting list. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, the, the cars that were carrying the kids, they were basically like cattle cars. <laughs> and they had See, like, that's the image I have. Yeah. Kids they, pressed uh-huh. into cattle cars, tons of them. Yep. At first they were, and they had just like makeshift bathroom facilities. Mm-hmm. The, I know. The train car conditions improved in the later years of doing this as, you know, they had more money. I guess more wealthy New York families donating to it or whatever because they didn't charge the... Um, Allegedly. No, they There are didn't. probably some kickbacks going on for the blonde. Yeah. Well... They did have so say that like there were thirty to forty kids on a train, they there would be maybe two or three adult chaperones, which would have to have been amazingly difficult. Pure chaos. These kids yeah. had no idea where they were going. They were only told they were going to take a train ride. Really? So they weren't even yes. told they're being adopted or, or nope. They would shit. have like like Sold a little servitude. cheap little suitcase, maybe wow. even cardboard suitcase. A Bible. They were all of given course. a Bible. Yeah, sure. And in their suitcase would just be like a change of clothes because they probably didn't have super nice clothes on to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then probably on the trains, they were told to change yeah. into the nice change of clothes that they were given. Because when the trains arrived at whatever city they were going to, they would go somewhere like sometimes it was at the train station or at City Hall or maybe a theater or a Grange Hall, which I'm assuming, is that like where the farmers would buy and sell livestock and stuff? Is that what a Grange Hall is? Let's, let's go with the yes. I should have looked it up, but that's what I assumed. But so anyway, the kids would be taken there, and they would, you know, I picture them parading them down the main street of the <laughs> town or whatever, and they would literally line up by height, you know, wearing their, their fancy new duds. And the people of the town who were, you know, it was already advertised. There would be handbills and newspaper ads and posters probably put up. And so anybody who uh, wanted a kid could just come and look over the kids said it's uh, people were obsessed with their teeth. They would want to look at and count their teeth. Like a horse's almost. Yep. Want to feel their muscle. You know, probably the farmers would come tell them to do like sit-ups. What? And push-ups, run in place now to this see is how. Weird. Yeah, getting weird. They're winded after ten seconds. You know what? Yeah. That's not going to work. Out. I don't want that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, imagine any sick or or kids with disabilities or anything yeah. probably were not ever even sent on the orphan no. train. You look kind of TB-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ass. So this earlier, one has bad teeth. You nope. mentioned that this was reminiscent of slave auctions. Sure is. Mm-hmm. And it really was, although no money was exchanging hands. But yeah. it pretty much looked like, not, you know, set up like that. What if you, so, but if you pre ordered, then they just brought the kid right yeah. to you, or you went yeah. and picked it up at the train station? Yes. I said it. Yes. And, okay. <laughs> huh. Did you look up Grange Hall? Yeah, it's apparently uh, um, 
it's like a foo-foo restaurant where they serve canapes. And <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they were in the 1800s as well. Uh, I don't, yeah, there's some kind of agricultural building. I think this is a meeting house or something like that. Okay. Know. Well, okay, so these pr- prospective parents, they did have to fill out forms. Oh, okay. And they what basically ended up being a contract between the quote-unquote parent and either the Children's Aid Society or the Family Home you know, whichever organization had sent the, the the children on that specific train. And it basically specified that the child would be indentured oh to them until the age of 21. 21. Oh mm-hmm. And they had Damn. different rules based on the ages of the kids. Yeah. Did they have any rules for themselves? Like you have to keep this kid for a minimum of two years or could they just fly him back to Moscow and leave him in the airport <laughs> like we do now? I don't know if, if they had rules, but... You know, there were times when it didn't work out. They didn't. Yeah. But so they, could they just send them back? Was there a return policy? Was it Pottery yes. Barn? Was it? Any? I think they probably could, but it, it was really discouraged. <laughs> All sales final, no yeah. refunds. Yeah. It it would not have been easy for yeah. them to do that. It yeah, and it's not so easy to just put them on the streets because they're in a farm, so it's a little exactly. tougher. They'd have to be like, no, we're just going to Chicago yeah. to sell our goods. Uh, you go over there, wait for me, I'll come back, and boom, they're in Chicago now. Well, older boys, because a lot of times they were older boys because the farmers wanted farmhands. Did they tend to want that? They didn't want like four or five-year-olds? They wanted 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 10, 13? It depends. You know, if it was a nice farmer who had a nice wife and they wanted somebody they were going to treat like a a member of the family, then they would be okay with a younger child. But, Mm. But some of them did just want... So some were like they really wanted children. Like Bessie couldn't get pregnant. Yes. Well, well, Bob, you gonna you know we have to have sex. Well, I don't want. I'm not gonna hear of that. Let's go ahead and get an orphan kid. Or mm-hmm. also, there was probably the presumption that a 14 year old orphan boy from the streets of New York City isn't gonna be all that yeah. easy to yeah, train to work on the farm. They might not want to work on. You know, He's they got might slick be difficult. Back hair and says, what are you talking about? I'm not gonna <laughs> pick up the corn. I don't know what that is. With a cigarette is. behind his ear. Yep. See, that's not gonna work. <laughs> Wife beater shirt. Yeah, so, you know, a six, seven, eight-year-old would be easier to train That's from true. the beginning, right? That's true. He's got to wait a few years until they can really lift the big bales of hay, but, but otherwise. fit under a cow and milk it. That's mm-hmm. damn, you know what, good, I like that attitude. <laughs> I like that. But so anyway, so I think it was boys over the age of 12, maybe, they had to be sent to school at least four months of the year. Oh, well, okay. They're All right. Kids under 12... Yeah. Uh, basically had to be treated like they were a member of the... They had to be fed and, and provided with decent clothing, and they had to be given the same, you know, go to school like they would send their own kids to school, which I'm assuming is more than four months of the year. Mm, still a better education than the University of Phoenix, so... Yep. And regardless... When they turned 21, they had to give them $100. Really? Mm-hmm. 100 bucks in their freedom. Okay. <laughs> 40 acres and a mule. So uh, there was probably a lot of runaway I I imagine, situation. actually, you, if you have yes. a bad situation, they're mm-hmm. beating you or worse. The older kids. I'm That's sure. just hard, though, because, again, it's easier to run away and disappear in the streets of New York. They didn't know where they were. They didn't know where yeah. they were, and where are they going to yeah. run? Well, the forest. These are scra- this is Nebraska, scrappy New York kids. Yeah, they okay. figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I'll give them two days before a cougar gets them. Uh-huh. I didn't write down the specifics, but there was a, a, a not so nice, a not Stanley and Vic story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, you, didn't, you didn't lead with that one? Of some boys that one boy who was abused mm-hmm. and just repeatedly ran away. And he wasn't that old. I mean, he was. I don't know, 10, 12, something like that. And he just kept running away and then finally got a nice placement with nice people. But in fact, it was two brothers. So they did end up with a nice family eventually, but they had to keep running away from abusive situations, Hmm. which, you know. I'm sure. I mean, think about it. Tons of people, they literally just want slave labor. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to work the shit out of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, siblings would be sent on trains together, but, you know, if a parent only wanted one of them or yeah. two of them and there were three or four or whatever, they could definitely be 
separated. Why'd you look at Aaron? <laughs> one brother is like one kid's blonde haired and green eyed. Yeah. brown and brown's like, oh, this is not going to work well for yeah. me. So you're saying Aaron would have gone first? Probably. Yeah, probably. I probably would have gone first. <laughs> Hell yeah, I was cute with a motherfucking crop. I was cute. <laughs> um, so I said the parents did have to fill out a form or two. Yeah. They also had to be vetted by trusted members of the community, like a minister, mm, um, yeah, teacher, justice of the peace. Were big. What do they do? What do you? Oh, the, uh, oh, oh, the the farmer had to be vetted. Yes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Okay. It's yes. just some sleazy factory owner. Ah, yes. Please. I'll take seven. Well, so, but you can imagine, they're. Colleagues, friends, yeah. neighbors—you know—I'll mm-hmm. bet they, I'll bet not that many families were turned down. Yeah, I'm totally not going to vouch for you. Yeah, yeah, it had to be kind of a pariah family, like you know, something like that to, to not. Yeah, get maybe. It's like if you can't get three people to write a, a, a letter of recommendation for you to go to college, you probably shouldn't go to college. What? I don't know. Never mind. Okay. And then each community was also supposed to have volunteers who would regularly check up on the kids after they were placed with the families. And it it was supposed to be done at least once a year. And if it even was done, it wasn't likely to be very thorough and there wasn't likely to have anything come of it. So like if, if, you know, whoever these trusted community members were who would who would go check up if, you know, yeah. the kids were saying they're mean to me, they beat me or whatever. They're not likely to be believed because, you know, 1800s yeah. <laughs> and kids are property. And, um, Still are. and then, you know, even so if they good. were believed, these people thought, I'm sure they thought, okay, I take this kid out of this situation. What am I going to do with them? Yeah. So, they were, we hate it. They're beating us. Okay, sounds great. I'll good. see you in a year. Yes. 10 out of 10. This system operated for 75, 75 years. 75 years up until 1981. Mm-hmm. Surprising to a lot of people. My math is not no. strong. 1929. 29. Is when it ended. Is it coincidence that it ended when the Depression started? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It seems <laughs> odd. It seems like it would have gone on but you had had more shortly after it ended and i've seen different numbers i've seen a hundred thousand kids two hundred thousand kids two hundred fifty thousand kids was the highest number i've seen these trains yep uh so primarily to the midwest none of them went to the south because good old brace even even well after the civil war as they said he wouldn't send them to the south i know but he's not Living this whole time. Yeah, that's true. But nowhere did I read that Hmm. kids were sent to the South. I wouldn't be surprised, though. Mm -hmm. They have their own problems with orphans, as we remember from episode (laughs) Georgia Tan in Tennessee. So. Mm hmm. I thought you were going to talk about Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. I was not. (laughs) That's weird that you'd think that, but okay. Um, but some kids were even sent to Canada and Mexico. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, you say Ola? Yeah, Ola okay. Kumastas, what's up? <laughs> if kids were um, foreign-born and spoke different languages, like perhaps German, they did try their best to get them... To a German ha- yeah. household or yep. Swedish or whatever? Yeah. In Minnesota, nice. they'll find someone who speaks Norwegian or yeah. Swedish. Yeah, and they did. And there were also issues in one situation of kids being sent to... Arizona and white kids being placed with, you know, Mexican slash Indian families and really, oh yeah, there That's were lawsuits shocking. and they were there took the kids out of the Mexican family. Were the kids always white? Did they also send black kids or the kids were always white? Really? Yeah. Mm. Why was that? Why? I Racism. Mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I know, but I mean, they didn't if they can find a black, black household, a black family, wouldn't that? Still, they didn't work. want to look. I understand that in, took took more work in the 1800s. They're not going to send a white kid to a yeah. black family. That'd no, be, that'd be our our or black kid to a white family. That'd be phenomenal. Liberal I don't know. Guilt you, in the how, how many century. black families do you think would show up at the town square for a black to, orphan? I would think. Yeah, there's well, plenty of black farms that could use some cheap labor. Or and and free if labor. they didn't show up, what were they going to do with the black kid? 
Make him sheriff? I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've seen Blazing Saddles. That's all I had to go from. Turn him into a cowboy because... Yeah, a cowboy. Uh-huh. Something like 25% of cowboys were black. So. Uh-huh, yeah. I remember being told school most cowboys were Mexican or black. Mexican yeah. or black, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, no. They kept all the black orphans in hmm. New York City. So his... Connecticut liberal minister abolitionist wasn't Mr. Perfect. No. Where was he? Chuck Brace. Sounds no. about white. Yeah, <laughs> but it was probably for, more for practical reasons. I suppose. Than racist reasons. A little bit of both. Yeah, I think it's a little probably bit. Probably a little bit of both, okay. too. He's like, I'm not for slavery, but, but they can live on the street. Like, <laughs> he's cool with that. No, he kept him in the Children's Aid Society or the Newsboys home. Is that what you think, Carrie? Yes. They don't need a home, though. Fuck that. It's hey, a little bit too and everything far. that I've read, <laughs> as misguided as this orphan train idea was, he it was done from love. Yes, he had good <laughs> twisted, intentions. Twisted love. Yeah, <laughs> twisted evil love. I mean, they had to know that, like you said, the safeguards were minimal and easily uh-huh. ignored. So he, they had to know they were sending a yeah. ton of their kids into terrible situations. Well, when he did get like a little bit of backlash, he he voluntarily like allowed some third party audit of it, which you know, I don't know what the outcome was. I didn't even write it down. <laughs> okay, all right. Good. She's got, I'm, you know, I'm done with this story. You're they came up shit. with they came up with a statistics. You know, like 87 percent were mm. you know successful, and they based it on um, you know how many kids ended up in jail versus you know. So if they stayed in their situation yeah. or they weren't didn't murdered end up in jail, yeah, in jail, so. it was successful. So tight. Yeah. Some good mother. And yeah. they said 87% because they didn't understand decimals yet. So they couldn't say 87.4. Nope. Fact. No, that's True too story. much math. Fact. So um, I said it, it lasts until 1929, basically because of they, there wasn't such a need for farm labor anymore for some reason. Huh. And. Oh, well, you know what? Well, yeah, that does make sense now that I think about it. I mean, this may have been before the actual depression, because that was until October, but still, by in the 30s, there was plenty of yeah. very, very, very cheap adult labor. Yes. And then you need to But, kids. like I said, they, they were also getting backlash from the states that basically thought you're just exporting your little criminal kids uh, and shoving them off on us, yeah. and we don't want them. If your parents die, you've committed a crime. Yes. Well, the sad part is something like 50% of the kids weren't actually, actually orphans. What? They had at least They're, one parent still alive. Gave them up? Or Either the parent gave them up, the parent... You know, sometimes the kids, like we talked about in the Georgia Tan episode... Yeah. Was there any Georgia Tanning going on? Were there no, kind of like... No, 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 no. Duped or... No, but like, you know, a mom, who, you know, a widow who couldn't take care of these kids would take them to the orphanage for a short period of time just so they could be mm. fed and housed. When she gets back on her feet thinking, I'm going to come back in three months. And then she comes back and her kids are gone. Yeah. They were put on an orphan train. There were a few lawsuits about that, too. Hmm. From mom, kind of like what uh, they're doing right now. What do you Children mean? Children at the border, taking well, them yeah. from their moms and giving them to white families. Are they giving them to white families? Yep, there are children that yep, little white families are adopting kids that have been separated from <gasps> their parents because the they border. can't, because probably because they can't find their parents. Uh huh. And then their moms are fighting like get released and can't find their kids because they got new mommy and daddy in fucking Idaho. Yeah. Or don't get released. Well, get released. No, get re- deported back to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sorry, they don't have a cell phone. They didn't, nobody wrote down their phone number or, and they, they can't find them. Idaho, Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Kidding, Idaho. It's Kidding. awful. I don't even want to think it. It is awful. It. Let's not do an episode on that. You'll just yeah. cry. No, I can't do it. Do an episode on that. Maybe if World World is still around in 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'm planning on being around. Jesus. I'm not. <sighs> oh, wait. That would make you super old. Never mind. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I can do it. And um, <laughs> you're like, you know what? 112, here we come. Can do it. How old do you think I am? Yeah, I should be 112. Oh, oh wait, monster. never mind. <laughs> I did the math wrong. I will be over 100. Yeah, you will. But yeah. I can do it. 
single digits over 100. Um, and by the 1920s, social work had become a profession. You know, as we know, like Georgia Tan was the first social worker. <laughs> was she, she, she was so good. Was she? she was the model. And we were moving away from child labor and tight and forming a social welfare system. Now we're moving back to child labor yeah. and destroying the social welfare system. Yeah, well, and true foster homes. Yeah. So, they, so that was around by then? Starting. What we now think of as foster homes. Yes. Okay. Yep. And, you know, like they actually called them. He. he Brace actually called them foster homes. Only because the first one was a family named Foster. Mm-hmm. Total yeah, coincidence. I don't know what, what does Foster I'm mean? pretty sure I'm right. Okay. And I was looking up to see if there were any famous people, because, you know, George Tan did have, you know, like Joan Crawford <laughs> adopted a few yeah. children from, from George Tan. Yeah. And June Ellison did too. June, wow. Mm-hmm. So I was looking to see if there Ronnie were, Reagan, were any um, stories of famous people. Who were orphans oh, on the yeah. orphan like train? Like Ric Flair. Ric Flair, the wrestler, was a uh, Georgia Tan. Yeah. Thing. No, no, no famous wrestlers were yeah. orphan <laughs> train riders. Does it have to be wrestlers? That I could anything, find. Anyone? Well, there were it was, there was there were a couple congressmen. I couldn't even find out really? both of the names. You on orphan orphan trains? Yep. Wow. Um, mm. And I didn't even write down the one that did have a name. Tight. Oh, good lord! Because you just phoned this in. Know. There were two. Governors oh. who actually met Bill Clinton met and rode on an orphan train together. What? The first one, they were going from New York to Indiana in August 1859. You're gonna say Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fuck that old fart. John Brady, you know who that was? What state? He was going from New York to Indiana. But what state was he governor of? Well, I'm not going to tell you that right away. Okay. Right. <laughs> he was 11 years old. Ooh, young governor. He had his <laughs> 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 He had his initials, JB, tattooed on his elbow. At 11? At 11. He did it or they did it? I'm Probably sure he, he did, did it. it. Wow. Just yeah. remember his, his initials because he might forget it because he's 11. Yep. Well, no. His... Mother died when he was a toddler. His father beat him in alcoholic rages. He ran away when he was eight. So he was like a little street Arab set. urchin. Ooh. Urchin. That's criminal. Now you just bad mouthing sea urchins, but that's yeah. Fine. What's up? Well, uh, they called him quote a miniature street tough, cocky and quick with his fists. Yeah. So I'm assuming like he was you know in a little roaming gang of. Young Sounds thugs. like an eight-year-old asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, he stole he stole lead from chimneys. Makes sense. Ran errands for saloon patrons. There's, that's the easiest way to make money is lead from yeah. chimneys. Okay. You know, sang Irish ballads for pennies on Broadway. Of course. And basically begged. So he he claims in his autobiography that he was rescued from the streets by Theodore Roosevelt Sr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some holes in his story, but, but fine. Reverend Brace says no. An agent from the Children's Aid Society Let's go with scooped him up and sent him on a train. What a lies and a memoir and an autobiography that's not true. Shocking. Yes. Well, he was not super thrilled to be on the orphan train. Well, it was lonely and and you know looking out as the train was moving through the countryside. It it looked very barren. And you don't see any delis, yeah. you don't see nope. any yeah, subways. It's just <laughs> no chimneys to yeah. steal lead out oh, of. Fuck. But he thought the trees were beautiful. Sure. And then when he saw people clearing land by setting fire to trees, he started sobbing. What the fuck? Because he thought trees were beautiful and he didn't want people to, to set fire to them. And he's a bitch. Sitting next to him on the train was Andrew Burke. Andrew Burke, how do you spell it? B-U-R-K-E. Okay. I don't know who these people are. Andrew Burke was an Irish Catholic kid, and he was known for his strong will and sharp intelligence. Mm. So it took so him a week. So they got brains and brawn kind of a thing yep. going on? Okay. Yep. Took him a week to get to Indiana on the train, and they got off in Tipton, Indiana, where they gathered into the dining room of a hotel. John Brady, the thuggy New York orphan, 
was picked by a farmer judge and Indiana state senator named John Green. Sure. Now I've got Carrie, mm-hmm. by the way, bad-mouthing an eight-year-old, so I feel like my work here is done. <laughs> Not bad-mouthing him. The thuggy eight-year-old. He okay. He beat other kids up. Okay. So here's John Green's description of John Brady. I considered him the homeliest, toughest, most unpromising boy in the whole lot. So I and then him. he said, I'll take him. He said he wanted to see what could be made of him. Oh, so he wanted a challenge. Mm-hmm. I can beat some work ethic than this kid, or my name's not John Green, state senator. Well, I guess he kind of liked it. I mean, whoa, being... whoa, whoa, what? Like being beaten? No, no, no. no. This he is wasn't this beaten. story's veering into. No, oh. I'm ignoring you and just going on with my story. <laughs> so he be he actually became a useful farmhand and. Um, he, he didn't really like it, but he did what he was told, I guess. He did well in school because although he was he had the brawn, he also was kind of smart. Okay. And he fit right in. The Green family was loving. He even changed his name or he added Green to his name. John Brady Green? No hyphen, just Brady Green. I think word. it was Green Brady. Oh, that's weird, but okay. He wanted to keep the Brady last. Yeah, he changed his name to John Green Brady. And then he decided to become a minister. So they sent him to Yale Divinity School. Damn. Yeah. And when he went to New York City, he stopped at the Children's Aid Society to see where he came from and presumably thank them. I don't know. But he decided that Charles Loring Brace was his hero. So he moved to New York City, and blah, blah, blah. He did all kinds of other things. <laughs> I like that, actually. And Very then he, uh, he decided that he didn't really like it in New York City. He went to set up a school for adolescent boys in Texas, but that fell through his financing. He lost his financing and all that kind of stuff. So he ended up as a pastor in... Um, well, he was invited to be a pastor in Colorado, but instead he went to Alaska. Alaska. That's okay. where he became the governor of Alaska. When was he governor? Um, well, he ended up there in 1878. Like no, I've got, got it. <laughs> um, there were only 200 white Americans in the entire state. He went to Sitka. What? Yeah, that was the capital. No, back no, no. Then. But when did he go there? 1878. Oh, okay, okay. In 1884. He was appointed um, one of Alaska's four commissioners, which is just like a justice of the peace. He studied law, became a judge, and in 1897, he was appointed governor. Oh, yeah, because it's a territory, of course. It wasn't a state. Right, okay. yeah. He was forced to design to resign due, due to his alleged involvement with the fraudulent Reynolds Alaska Development Company. <laughs> yeah, he was exonerated. Yeah. Okay, huh. He served three terms as governor, wow. fought hard for Native Alaskan tribes, and traveled frequently to Washington to lobby for their rights. That took mm. seven weeks to get there, I bet you. Yep. yep. So um, on one of his trips, when he went to Washington, he shared a stage with the former governor of North Dakota. <gasps> Andrew Burke. Andrew Burke, his friend Ooh. from the orphan train. Mm-mm-mm. He yep. was later arrested for child molest. I'm reading it right here. And then no, he wasn't. That's all. They didn't go into any stories about Andrew Burke and his. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That's for good reason. Well, probably he also didn't write an autobiography. Yeah. Well, John Green Brady ended up losing all of his money. Oh, nice. And his reputation. And he ended up taking a job at a printing company in New York City. And. But he eventually returned to Alaska. He died in Sitka in 1918, the same year that Andrew Burke died in mm. New Mexico. Mm. Coincidence? Just like Jefferson and Adams. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the orphan trains. Those were a weirdly terrible yet not so tragic chapter of uh, U.S. history. Well, they, I'm right? sure. I mean, it's there the are whole some idea of sending stories. kids to be free, free slave labor yeah. farms in the West is pretty awful. Yeah, and it's kind not of tight. human rights crime. But at the same time, like you said, it, it was never a mercenary, no. evil intent no. program. It was uh, no. just sort of delusional stupidity. Yeah, it you know I think it was just unintended consequences. You know, unintended but easily predictable. 
consequences. Yeah. Like I said, there's you no way think. you can't know you're sending a bunch of kids into terrible situations. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Did the town banker vouch for him because <laughs> they're in the same ring together? So, yeah. I yeah. Mean. The unfortunate thing, you know, these days, because, you know, I, I'm obsessed with genealogy and Ancestry.com and all yes, that kind of stuff. Yes, you are. Is some of these kids didn't get to keep their names. Yeah. They don't know where they came from and therefore neither do their descendants and... Carrie yeah. can't wait for someone in her family to be a serial killer so she can <laughs> put that DNA to good use. Mm-hmm. Or somebody to contact me and say... What, that you're a long-lost I'm, child? I'm looki- what, Carrie, what's that? <laughs> I'm looking for my birth mother and she... Go on. I'm uh, intrigued. Is it you? No, but like, mm-hmm. can you help me? We're a DNA match and I'm trying to figure out how, you know... How we're related and okay, listeners, go ahead and dupe Carrie and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they dupe me by matching my DNA. They don't. How are you gonna know, Carrie? How are you gonna ancestry DNA, Whatever. Dean? Don't ruin it for me because you know we we have that situation with you. I know. <laughs> I know. I really want to help her find her birth parents. I think I know who it is. No, you don't. I think See, it's one of my slutty aunts. Oh, my God. That's the thing. You're not that close. You're related. I'm joking. No, you're not first cousins. You're like second cousins or third cousins or something like that. I think you're third cousins, so that it's a little ah, bit difficult. I don't even know how to do that. I that's don't know what that like is. Yeah. You share like great-great-grandparents. Ah, so. That's crazy. No, fuck. That's just, I don't and know. you literally know nobody on that side of your family. Nope. You don't know names. You don't even know how many brothers and sisters your father had. As far as I know, they're back from, oh, it's my dad's side? Yeah. Okay. And there's literally nobody alive to at that I can ask. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I think so. so. But I'm going to solve it. I mean, there are people alive, but we don't know them because well. you don't know anybody in your family. <laughs> <laughs> it's America. I know someday we may, I may branch out and start my own um, genealogy podcast. Okay. All right. Ooh. Sounds good. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, you know what, Carrie? I'll rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, I promise Dean. I will. I'm not going to say it's a good rating, but I'll, I'll you know, oh. I'm just, you know, I'll give you a five. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you everyone for speaking of uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Please do that <laughs> to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I guess that'd be iTunes, right? Mm-hmm. And please go ahead and email us at weirdworldpodcast at gmail.com. And hit us up on Insta. And Facebook. Facebook. Weird World Podcast. <laughs> Weird World Pod on Twitter. A Weird World Podcast on Patreon also. Okay. And that's it. All right. That was Carrie with the Orphan Trains, a weird tale from history. Next week we'll have something. Hey, we're going to have something a little more spooky, supernatural weird, I'm thinking. Do you have something in mind? Or uh, I do not, that? but we'll do something. All right. All right. Until then, everyone, we will see you. Are you going to see him, Dean? I don't know. We will listen. He's going to show up at your house and look through your windows. Maybe. <laughs> <I might. laughs> Bye. Bye. Deuces.